Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, teach us your word. Master, speak. Your servant is listening. Give us an encounter in your word. As your word is taught, heal the sick. Bring direction to the confused. Save the lost. Convict the sinning. Let our hearts be strangely warmed as we hear your word. Let the life-changing power of your word be released into our lives to the glory of your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. The Bible. Someone say the Bible. The Bible. If there's anything the devil would like to fight most, it's God's word. Because as long as you have God's word, your world will be under control. When there is a farming of God's word, that's when evil prevails. When there is a famine of, of God's word, that is when we, we don't see the hand of God at work. The Bible says that he does nothing. Nothing was made that was made without the word. So God always, the Bible said, he sent his word. His word always will come first. If the devil wants to block you, what does he do? He blocks you from hearing God's word. So when Jesus was about to enter his ministry, after he had such an encounter with the Holy Spirit, Satan appears to him. In fact, when he was being baptized, the Bible says that heavens was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form. That was a very serious one, okay? Very serious. He descended in a bodily form. A spirit coming in a bodily form. Spirits. Spirits don't have bodies. He descended in a bodily form like a dove. Rested on him. Bible said he came and rested on him. And uh, a voice came and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And guess what? From there, he went to the wilderness. He didn't go home. He went to the wilderness <laughs> to go and seek God. He went to uh, fast. Sorry, he went fasting. And then at the end of the 40 days, Satan appeared to him. And you know the first thing he said? He said, if you are the son of God, Meanwhile, God's word came and said, this is my beloved son. The first attack, the devil came, was the word he just heard. If you are the son of God, in Mark 4, Bible says that, talking about the parable of the sower, he said, these are the ones that when the word comes, they receive it with joy, but immediately Satan comes to steal the word. Satan would like to take the word away from you. Because he doesn't want you to have God's word. Is it surprising that when you see people, they say, ask of me, I don't believe the Bible. Right away, Satan has stolen their mind. Anyone who tells you, I don't believe in the Bible, Satan has got him. 
That is the easiest way for Satan to get anybody. Not even sin. The easiest way for Satan to get anybody is to distort or steal the word of God from the person. So Christians who don't read their Bibles don't really have any better future. Because Satan gets the chance to reign in the absence of God's word. Faith. The just shall live by faith. By faith comes by God's word. So in the absence of God's word, faith is not coming. And how are you living? You can't live under water. Except you go with your own oxygen tank and a few other stuff. If you go under the water for some five minutes. Some of us, one minute is too much. I doubt how long I can stay there. Few seconds, I have to be out. God needs some air. And some of us, your, your spiritual life is choking because there's no word. Your spiritual heart operates on the oxygen of God's word. That's a good place to clap for the Lord. So, if you are so busy you can't read your Bible, you are too busy to receive an encounter from God. And when you don't read your Bible or when you don't exercise spiritually, oh, in the book of 2 Timothy, it talks about, chapter 4, it talks about godly exercise profits little, but spiritual exercise profits both here and hereafter. So what are you engaging your life in that is going to profit you here and afterwards? Most of the things we are so busy about is only restricted to what you are going to the profit just for a season. Even not in your, eternal, your, your life on earth, entire life. Some of it is just for a season. You are trying to buy a house so you are overworking for a season. So what you are engaging your energy on can profit you but for a season. And some of it can even end up breaking you down. But it says God's word or spiritual exercise profits here and the life after. So in other words, the profit is eternal. You can keep enjoying any stays for your children to enjoy. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I love God's word. Naturally, the human flesh doesn't have a taste for God's word. It is the human spirit. Because it's a spiritual food. It's not a physical food. It's not a mental food. It's not for mental exercise. The word of God is not just for, it's not for, even though it makes you wise. <laughs> In Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 98 and 99, it said, your word makes me your word. It makes me wiser, wiser than my instructors, wiser than my teachers. He said, verse, verse 99, he said, yeah, I have even more understanding than my teachers. By your word. He says that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise. The scriptures will make you wise. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2, he says that desire the sincere milk of the word. The, The word is meat. The word is milk. No child is too young to be taught the word of God. No child. In, in Psalm 119, verse 89, he said, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. 
The word is settled. So if you build your life on the word, you have built your life to be settled and stable. That's why Jesus said that anyone who listens to my word and does not put them into action, or let me, let, me, let me use the other one instead, who puts them into action is like the one who builds his house on a rock. Security in life comes by the word of God. Security in life comes by the word of God. So anything you have to do to keep stuffing your system with God's word, it must be a priority for you. Must be a priority for you. It's easy and interesting. He said you have to feed on God's word. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, he says that my son, give attention to my word. Incline your ears to my sayings. And he says that for they are life to all those who find them and health to all their flesh. Flesh. This flesh here means your physical body. Health. By attending to God's word, you are exposing yourself to sound health. Balanced health is not guaranteed by balanced diet. (laughs) (laughs) Telling you, but balanced health is guaranteed nourishment, feeding on God's word. Medication is good. But there's something God's word injects in your system that it makes interesting. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I like this one. See, when you expose yourself to God's word, you have exposed yourself to creation, the power of creation. Watch this. So when power of creation enters you, it begins to fix things that are not working properly. And so when you even take medication, because when a doctor gives you a medication or a prescribe, the medication is supposed to work in a certain way. But depending on the systems, you have, the, the imbalances and balances in your system, some medication won't work the way it should work. Yeah. So they have to put you on one to correct this so that this can begin to work. And, yeah. Do you understand? When you feed on God's word, it begins to create the balance in your system, physical system, such that even medication works better and faster. Amen. Do, you, do you understand? It's... So when someone is in hospital, encourage them, read the word. Yeah. Yeah. It, it will help the healing process. That's true. Because you are bringing your entire system in a proper balance. Spoke about a few other things about what God's word can do. All right, the Bible does. And then we also spoke about the transforming power. The, the Bible changes lives. It's an evidence that it's, a, it's the word of God. It changes lives. Say the Bible changes lives. Tell someone that the Bible changes life. We have so many evidence and instances of people who came into contact with the Bible and their lives never remained the same. Shall we look at Psalm 1, 9, Psalm 19? Psalm 19. It says that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much finer gold, sweeter than the honey and the, the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them is 
great reward. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seven, the law of the Lord is perfect. Then what does it say? Converting the soul, reviving the soul. The word, the word changes. God's word, it changes people. When it comes into your life, something happens in your soul. Something happens in your soul. Some of us here, even before we became born again, and after we became born again, it's even better. Before we became born again, if you had, if you chanced on a Bible and you read some parts, say, wow, well, this is interesting. This is amazing. You read the Bible, there are people who have read the Bible and just broke down crying without anybody saying anything to them. And when you become born again, it's even better. You take your Bible, there are times you take your Bible, by the time you finish reading, fear has left you. You feel like, you can handle it. You can handle it. You can something else. It's not this is not just mental empowerment. This something happens to your soul. Something happens in your inner man. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. Something happens to you. I'm talking about pointers that show us that the Bible is the word of God. Read the Bible and something happens to you. Hallelujah. And he says, he went on to say, so it's the word of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul or, or reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Mrs. Kamioye Depo was here recently and was talking. The, the, the wisdom she was churning out regarding raising children, married life, the wisdom was far above four times and five times her age. You see what I'm talking about? It's it's, as far above that. But when the person speaks, because the word of God has entered them over and over and over, says the word of God makes wise the simple. It makes wise the people who have have quadruple PhDs, listen to PhDs, listen to you who have not possibly even, um, you, you don't have a degree. And listen to you and you can advise them and speak about complex matters of life which they don't understand. Makes wise the simple. Yes. The word of God makes wise the simple. That's why I like, you see, the essence of what I'm talking about is your personal encounter. Until you expose yourself to God's word, you don't see what it can do for you. Until a person is exposed to God's word, it, it doesn't have effect on you. Jesus said that, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. It's this word that changes. He says that in, in John chapter 13 verse 17, he says that, blessed are you if you do these things that you hear. It's when you begin to expose yourself to God's word and it begins to affect you, put it in the prayer, you begin to see untold, unamazing, unprecedented blessings and enjoyment of life that beats human understanding. Most of us have relegated and restricted the, 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 the course or the foundation of our blessing to laying on of hands. It is good, but when hands are laid on you, something comes on you. If there's nothing to hold it down, <laughs> it's like going to fetch water with a basket. 
Haven't you seen that people who are always crying for laying on their hands? Everything has to be laying on. Everything has to be laying on. Everything is good. You have a place. But every, you realize that the, the impact, there are people who have been, they have married, and whole bishops, I'm not talking about bishop, bishops have laid hands on them, but the marriage didn't survive. Doesn't mean the blessing didn't come. The blessing came, but what, what it takes to hold the blessing was not there. Psalm 119, verse 103. He said, your word is sweet to my taste. Thy word is sweet to my taste. Psalm 119, verse 103. We read other books and we yawn. (laughs) We read this book and something happens on the inside. Do you know something? Very interesting. If you are on the train... On the bus, at any given time, particularly when there are others on the bus or on the train, and you are reading a novel, it's so normal. You are reading newspaper as well, for that one. It's everybody, like everyone must read newspaper when you're on the a standard. If you pick the Quran and you start reading, people will find you kind of wow. I think I'm interested in the guy, this guy. But if you read the Bible and you start reading, people know that there's. Why must you be reading the Bible? Right there, they know you are a very different person. Some people can just be upset with you. You you can quote anything, quote from anyone. You quote from the Bible and people become very edgy. (laughs) Satan doesn't like the word. Because the Bible says that Jesus quoted the Bible three times. Satan left him alone. <laughs> and you are, you are waiting for a special anointing service for Satan to leave you. No, we do anointing service not every day. Once in a while. You understand that? So if you are waiting for anointing service for Satan to leave, um, probably you stay too long. By the time he's leaving, he has spoiled too many things. Bible says, Satan came to Jesus and challenged God's word. Jesus said, it is written. He came again, he said, it is written. He came again, he said, it is written. Bible said, verse 11 of Matthew chapter 4, and Satan liveth him alone for a season. <laughs> no, Satan doesn't give, I will come back. No, he will always come back. After you share your testimony, you will come again. <laughs> Somebody shout Hallelujah. So the word changes lives. The word changes lives. The Bible changes lives. The Bible changes life. The Bible is the only, only book that shows us how to be right with God. It's the only book that can tell me where I am coming from, my purpose on earth, and where I am going. It is the only book. The Bible is the only book that can tell me my destiny, that can help me get right with God. The the Bible is the only book that can show me how to overcome sin. The Bible! The Bible. It changes lives. This, This book saves. This book sanctifies. This book purifies. This book separates. This book convicts. This, this book comforts. This book revives. This book prunes. This book is the book. It's not 
Listen, it's not the, just the book of the day. It's not just the book of the week. It's not just the book of the month. It's not the book of the year. Neither is it the book of the decade or the century. It's the book of the ages. The Bible, it changes generations. The Bible changes lives. This book makes prostitutes pure. This book makes drunkards sober. This book makes thieves content. This book makes the prideful humble. This book makes the tearful, gives comfort to the tearful. This book makes the weak strong. This book makes the broken whole. This book, listen, this book saves marriages. This book saves marriages. This book mends broken relationships. This book helps people relate with one another. This book is the book of the ages. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bible calls it itself. The book is a mirror. You look into it and you see yourself and you see how you can get yourself right. But this book is the seed. It's the seed of God's word. It comes into your life and sows what heaven wants to live in your life. This book is a sword. It's a sword of the spirit. Helps you to be able to fight your way forward. This book is a lamp. It is a light to our path. It's a lamp onto our feet. The book, this book, is fire. It's a hammer that breaks every rock into pieces. It's fire in my bones, as Jeremiah said it. This book is milk. And this book is meat. I want to just summarize what I've been saying, at least. The Bible is inspired and then because it's inspired, it, it has credibility. Because it's inspired, it's inerrant. Because it's inspired, it's infallible. Because it's inspired, its history are true. The, the 20 proofs, the Bible is inspired. It's wonderful unity. I taught, as I taught you a while ago, over 40 authors wrote 66 books in different lands over a period of 1,800 years. Many never saw the writings of the others, and yet there is no contradiction between any two of them. Collect any group of books by any other 40 men on any subject and see if they will agree. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah, it's superiority to any other book. In its origin, formation, doctrines, principles, claims, moral tone, histories, prophecies, revelations, literature, present redemption and eternal benefits, and its general contents, it is superior to any other book. Its influence in the world, it has blessed millions in every generation, made the highest civilizations and given man the highest hope and destiny. The wisest, most godly and honest of men acknowledge is God's word. Only infidels and ungodly reject it. <laughs> That's the character and the greatness. 
Mark would not have written it if he would and would not have written it if he could. No critic of scripture has, any, has ever been able to improve or disprove it. They will criticize it. One of the things they say is that the Bible has, is full of contradictions. It's because they don't understand. Good men must have written it. It condemns all sin and records all sins and faults of its writers as well as others. <laughs> this evil men would not do. Even good men would not do, do it unless inspired to do so to help others. All men's present and eternal needs are met by the Bible. Redemption and promised benefits have been given to all who believe in all generations, and this will always be so. All right. Whole kingdoms and religions have sought in vain to destroy it. It still stands victorious and indestructible. It's the most read book of the ages, most printed of the ages, most sold, and it's the best. When we talk about bestseller, this is the bestseller. This is the best, permanently bestseller. Translated, translated into more languages than any other book. The Bible. The Bible. It has stood every test and is still going strong. Critics have criticized it and have criticized it. They are dead and gone. It's still changing life. It's still going strong. It has changed my life. It's changing your life. And as you watch, it's changing your life. And it will change the lives of anyone who comes into contact with it. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible. What are you talking about? The, The word of God. It says that the heavenly and eternal character of its contents prove it is by God. It is from God. It proves it to be of God. Oh, I like this. That's what I've been talking about all along. The response of the soul to it. The Bible fits the soul as a key to the lock. When you read it, something happens to your soul. It's infinite depths and lofty ideas. It is universal in its appeal, reasonable in its teaching, reliable in its promises, Durable in its conflicts, everlasting in its usefulness, new and modern in its statements, indispensable to human civilization, indisputable in its authority, interesting in its histories, colorful in its biographies, accurate in its prophecies, individual in its messages, far-reaching in its vision, complete in its law, comprehensive in its knowledge, Infinite in its details, unselfish in its purpose, simple in its application, just in its demand, righteous in its judgment, clear in its application, and masterful in its wisdom. The Bible. The Bible. Let me interject to say this. There's something theologians call the principle of scriptural perspicuity. Okay, when we talk about the scriptures being perspicuous, that's why we talk about sola, sola scriptura. The reformers said scriptures alone is enough. Why, why, why are you talking about church authority? Church authority says do this. Church authority says do this. Is the scripture saying that? If the scripture is not saying it, forget about what church authority is saying. Let's go with scripture. And the church authority said, no, Pope has a final say. It was a big problem. And they said that if you, that's why the Bible was only, in the, at that time, the Bible was only in Latin, written, translated to Latin. That's why 
Let us pray. Some of you have heard it before. When they finish, they say, um, you don't even know what the person is saying. Amen. <laughs> and what is, why did I get into this? So when they, they protested against the church, so that's why we are called Protestants. Because we protested against the things that are going on in the church, which we don't think is scriptural. So the Protestant Reformation started by the Sola Scripture. Uh, sola scriptura, sola the so, so glory of God alone, sola gratia by grace alone, sola fide by faith alone, and then uh, um, solo scripture, Christ alone. That's enough. We don't need any other thing. And other anyway. So they said that we don't have to, because if you put the Bible in the hands of the commoner, they can misinterpret the Bible to their destruction. And the reformers said, that's why this is leading to. There is something called the perspicuity of scripture. So it's called PPP, Protestant Principle of Perspicuity of Scriptures. What is that? It means that scriptures perspicuous. Preachers are so basic. The basic message of scripture, the essential message of scripture, the key life-changing message of scripture is so obvious that the most unlearned of men can understand. How many of you, when you read the Bible, there are things you don't understand? Oh, some of you. Is there anyone who understands everything? Even Peter. Peter Peter said when you read the Bible, there are some things it's hard to understand. Peter. There will always be some things that are hard to understand. But the things that are necessary for your eternal salvation is so understandable. The message of sin. The message of love. The message of faith. The message of forgiveness. You can't say you didn't get it. It is so obvious. It's so easy. A child can understand the ABCs of scripture. Shout hallelujah. That is why you don't need a theological background to read the Bible. Read it. Just read it. And you will get a message. You will get the basic message that is necessary for your eternal salvation. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So don't forget about the perspicuity. Uh, principle of perspicuity. Hundreds are recorded as miracles. Hundreds are recorded in the scriptures and many happen daily among those who pray and claim Bible promises. Am I speaking the truth? Yes. Miracles happen daily. As you pray and claim the Bible promises, it begins to happen to you for you. Hallelujah. I am a living with evidence. I am a living evidence. I am a living evidence. I am a living evidence. That when you claim the promises of the Bible, it works miracles for you. And so shall it be for somebody here. Shout hallelujah. It's perfection. Talking about its perfection. It is scientifically and historically correct. No one man has ever found the Bible at fault in any hundreds of statements on astronomy, botany, geology, or any other branch of learning. Now, talking about its adaptability. It's always up to date on any subject. I like that bit so much, you know. It doesn't need an update. Can you imagine? It doesn't need an update. Over 3,000 years ago, things that were written, still current. Don't need an update. Most books, uh, you need an update. Few, few years, you need an update, a review. The Bible doesn't need an update, doesn't need a review. It's always current. It's always fresh. Praise the Lord. It fits the lives of all people of all ages and all lands. It's supernatural and moral power. That's the next one. It meets perfectly every spiritual and moral need of men. 
Now talk about its doctrine. They surpass all human principles in relationships, in religion, in culture, etc. Talk about the claims of the Bible itself. Over 3,800 times, the Bible writers claim God spoke what they wrote. The Bible itself claimed to be the word of God. That's one of the most powerful proofs that the Bible is God's word. The Bible itself claims because there's no higher authority than God. There's no higher authority than God. And God said in his word that this is my word. <laughs> Hallelujah. It may sound as, like a secular argument, but there it stands. It's true. That, talking about history, many pagans as well as Jewish and Christian writers confirm the facts of the Bible, quoting it as being genuine, authentic, and inspired of God. And then the last bit of this about this proofs, the last point, it's inexhaustible proofs. It will take many volumes to deal fully with the many thousands of facts which confirm the Bible to be the word of God. The book must be divine. If one will use it properly, it will confirm itself to him as the inspired word of God. It is the book that reveals the mind of God, the state of man the law of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding. Its histories true. Its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Practice it to be holy. The Bible contains light to direct you, food for thought, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, the Christian's charter. Here heaven is open and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject. Our good its design and the glory of God its end. It should fill your memory, rule your heart, and guide your feet in righteousness and true holiness. Read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully, meditatively, searchingly, devotionally, and study it constantly, perseveringly, and industriously. Read it through and through until it becomes part of your being and generates faith that will move mountains. The Bible is a mine of wealth, a mine of wealth, the source of health and a world of pleasure. It is given to you in this life, will be open in the judgment and will stand forever. It involves the highest responsibility and will reward the least to the greatest labor and will condemn all that trifle with its content. Read it, pray it in, live it out and pass it on. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Peter talks about how these things we tell you, we are eyewitnesses. I like the way he put it. He said, we have not told you fables, but we are eyewitnesses of the things that happened. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 16, that was, he said, we are eyewitnesses. How we saw his majesty. How we saw, uh, talking about on the Mount of Transfiguration. What those guys ex- encountered was very unique. Strange. More than what Moses encountered in the, at the burning bush. They said, Jesus Christ, he became like lightning. His clothes changed. They saw it physically. Peter, talking about recounting, they said that we saw it. We saw it. And yet, he said, there is much more a sure word of prophecy. 
In spite of the things we saw, the encounters we have, the word of God stands surer than even the things we saw, which is true. What does that mean? Second Peter chapter 2, verse 16 to 21. It talks about how we saw all these things, and yet there's a sure word of prophecy. What does that mean? That means your personal experience, your personal encounters are good. But as long as the word of God is concerned, there is something that the word is surer and much more authentic than your personal experience. So don't don't just use your, just your personal experience is not enough. It's not credible enough to prove God's word is God's word. God's word is God's word by itself. By itself. Sure word of prophecy. 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 Be, I, I believe that something didn't happen. Believe it and see what, what will happen. But I believe in nothing happened. Maybe the, the fault is your belief, not what God has said. Because all the promises of God in him are yes. I stand here as God's servant and I prophesy over your life that as you be put your faith in God's word, as you act on God's word, as you read God's word, as you feed on God's word, as you take steps on God's word, I prophesy you begin to see the fruits of God's word in the mighty name of Jesus. I prophesy over your life. Anything that will stand in the way of your, 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 your relationship with God's word, may that thing be removed out of your life. In the name of Jesus, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. God's word is truth. God's word is truth. And I prophesy over your life that all eyes will see the word of God be unfolded in your life. As you push your faith in God, all eyes will see the manifestation of God's word in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, so shall it be. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name. And someone who believes shouts a louder hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus, for his word. If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.